Omai. Good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your Service. Manx Radio. Within many churches, science is seen as an enemy, a challenge to belief in God. But what if science and religion were not opposites at all? Instead, what if they needed each other? Well, the man who asked that question is coming to the island next weekend. Who he is and why his visit is something that we can all enjoy is what we're going to find out on today's programme. And Richard Littledale is back and he's got an invitation too. But first, we welcome Reverend Steve Ingruel, Methodist minister based in Onken and someone perfectly placed to tell us all about next week's visitor by sharing some of his own thoughts and experiences and choosing some music for us too. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, Sing my 
We've just heard, or perhaps you've sung along to, those beautiful words. O Lord my God, when I, in awesome wonder, consider all the works thy hand hath made. Here on the Isle of Man we are blessed to be surrounded by great natural beauty. And I frequently find myself pulling over on car journeys just to stop and to gaze at the view set before me. Whether it's the sunlight glinting off the Irish sea, or the majesty of the hills, or the quiet solitude of forest plantations, but most especially when it's a clear night and the stars are out in abundance. We have 26 dark sky sights on our small island, and on a really clear night it seems that there isn't a patch of sky which doesn't contain a star formation of some form. If you gaze long enough at a seemingly empty space, as your eyes adjust to the darkness, so you suddenly glimpse far-off galaxies, and that space is empty no more. I'm told the sun is only one of a hundred billion stars in the Milky Way. The Milky Way is only one of about a hundred billion galaxies in the universe. In other words, there are more stars in our universe than there are grains of sand on all the beaches of the world. And now we're told that the universe may be only one of goodness knows how many universes in the multiverse. I love knowing that. And I love that in the book of Genesis, there's included at the end of verse 16 of chapter 1, what sounds like a rather dismissive throwaway sort of line. Oh, and he made the stars also. He made the stars also. For me, I've always found a source of wonder in the awesomeness of creation. And personally, I find that as science broadens our horizons, it doesn't cause my faith to shrink, but it causes my wonder to grow and my soul to truly sing how great thou art. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea. Creation's revealing your majesty. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of My own understanding of science and faith is something that has evolved greatly over many years, and it's not always been an easy journey, particularly in the later years of school, as I studied biology, chemistry and physics through to A-level, and later at university in Southampton, studying biochemistry and pharmacology. There was a deep-rooted tension within me, 
and I struggled to reconcile a growing scientific understanding of the world with my Christian faith. I found during this time a great help in various books, written by people who were both theologians and scientists. From a microbiology viewpoint, I highly recommend the books of Alastair McGrath, or from a medical viewpoint, the books of Paul Brand, and from a physics and cosmology viewpoint, the books of David Wilkinson. I am absolutely delighted that David is going to be on the island next weekend, and I've worked with him in putting together a full programme of events which explore the relationship between faith and science. There was a gentleman in one of the churches I used to look after in the UK who would always shut down any discussion around science with the statement, In the beginning God, God made, that's it. I don't need to know anything more than that. But even among those who are interested in exploring what science may tell us about the universe and about life as we know it, it's often the case that there's a desire to hold to some sort of intellectual divide. The view is often expressed, science tells us how, faith tells us why. But David Wilkinson, instead, seeks to help us to go further than that, to see how the Christian faith can be a positive encouragement to pursue science in order to understand God's world better, and that science and cosmology in particular, in its turn, can help lead to a better understanding of Scripture and of the greatness of God. It's a fantastic opportunity to engage on this topic coming up next weekend, and I strongly encourage you and warmly invite you to make use of this opportunity to hear from Reverend Professor Dr. David Wilkinson, who is a very accessible, gifted and engaging communicator as he shares his life's work and his understanding of how science and faith aren't in conflict, but in fact complement and strengthen each other. Thank you, Reverend Steve Ingrewell. And Steve is one of our island clergy who studied under Reverend Professor David Wilkinson. But maybe you've listened to Steve explain how exceptionally well-qualified David is, and maybe you're joining me in thinking, will I be able to understand, or will this really only be suitable for people with similar qualifications? Well, maybe it'll help if we meet the man himself. This is Reverend Professor David Wilkinson. My background is research in star formation and galaxy evolution and the Big Bang itself. And these days I teach Christian theology. Lots of people think that science and Christian faith are in conflict. But I think one of the real problems of the conflict model is it claims that science and theology say exactly the same things about the world. And therefore, if they say different things, one has to be right and one has to be wrong. That's far too simplistic. To use an old illustration, what is a kiss? Well, a kiss is the approach of two pairs of lips, the reciprocal transmission of carbon dioxide and microbes, and the juxtaposition of two orbicular muscles in a state of contraction. That's a kiss in scientific terms. But if I go to my wife and say to her, should we get together for a mutual transmission of carbon dioxide and microbes? You see, in that context with my wife, a kiss is about meaning, value, purpose. It's quite different from the description of carbon dioxide and microbes, but it's just as valid. 
If I allow science to speak its own language and allow theology to speak its own language, to have a conversation together rather than a boxing match, I find that that conversation is fruitful and illuminating. Several years ago, Professor Wilkinson and a scientist colleague, Professor Tom McLeish, were concerned about the typical reactions they'd seen from the church when it engaged with science. One was one of ignorance. Actually, that Christian leaders uh, found themselves speaking on topics they didn't fully understand. Another and a very dominant one was one of fear, as they were asked to comment on science. And the third thing was silence. And so what we tried to do was to uh, start to help equip Christian leaders to talk with scientists in a safe space, in a way that they could ask and learn without feeling threatened. And we certainly wanted to replace fear with a sense that science can be welcomed as a gift from God. We thank you, Lord our God, for your infinite wisdom, the unfathomable depth of your knowledge and your boundless creativity. You spoke and called all things into being. You made the stars also. Your knowledge, your glory and your power know no end. And we thank you that you have endowed human beings with the ability to search out your laws and given them the freedom to apply their knowledge as they choose. We ask your blessing upon all who are engaged in scientific research and technology and on those who provide the resources for this work. We pray for the men and women of science who are also men and women of faith. We know that scientists discover, you reveal, and all are blessed. We ask that you would grant them wisdom and discernment and a fortified faith that allows them to remain in awe of the things you have created and of you, our Creator God. Lord, may all who you gift with a curious mind, a steady hand and an unwavering faith be strengthened and guided by you, that through their work life may be enhanced, your world protected, our awe inspired, and your glory revealed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
The weekend's programme, as part of Anken Methodist Church's anniversary celebrations, starts with a talk at the Isle of Man Observatory on the evening of Friday the 27th of January with the title The Big Bang, Hawking and the Multiverse, The Search for God in Contemporary Cosmology. David will then be the guest speaker at the Island Spirituality Network at St John's Mill on the following day, Saturday the 28th, where he's taken the title Wonder, Wisdom and Worship, God's Gift of Science. And that morning runs from 10 o'clock until 1 o'clock, finishes by 1 o'clock on Saturday the 28th. There's no need to pre-book for that. Just come along to St John's Mill and you will be made very welcome. Also on Saturday the 28th at Onken Methodist Church, David will be sharing his testimony, speaking about how he holds science and faith together with integrity in his life. And that starts at half past six Saturday evening with a bring and share supper. There'll be a chance for a question and answer session with David and weather permitting, it'll also include the opportunity to do a bit of stargazing as part of the evening. Then, on Sunday the 29th, David will be the preacher at Onken Methodist Church's anniversary service and that's on the Sunday morning at half past ten. Everyone's very welcome to these events. You will see all the details on the notes that go with the podcast of this programme. You can find that at manxradio.com and just go to the podcast tab on the homepage. Click on that, look for At Your Service and you'll find all the details of uh, David's visit there. Or you can have a word with the gentleman that we're listening to this morning, Reverend Steve Ingruel, who is the minister at Onken Methodist Church. And you can reach Steve on 674464. 674464. And now for that other invitation. This is another event at our retreat house in Peel, and it's in a couple of weeks' time. And to find out more, I'm very pleased to welcome a good friend of this programme, the writer, broadcaster and recently retired Baptist minister, Richard Littledale. Richard's going to lead a retreat from Friday evening to Sunday lunchtime, the 10th to the 12th of February, at our residential retreat house, Tide of A, which many of you will also know as Ballawattleworth House on Tinwald Road in Peel. Richard's called the weekend Not Without Hope, a refuge on the way of grief, and Richard knows a lot about being on the way of grief. As a Baptist minister for over 30 years, Richard has accompanied many bereaved members of his churches on their own way of grief, and then, some five years ago, took his own place on that way after he lost his beloved wife Fiona to cancer at the age of just 52. Writing about the weekend, Richard says, Grief is a tough journey, whether you're just embarking on it or a number of years into it. He says, think of this weekend as a bothy or a shelter along the way, a place to pause, to look back at the journey so far and to draw strength for the miles to come. There'll be times of prayer, reflection and learning, as well as times to relax together and share meals. There'll be a couple of easy walks too. Richard says, come with honesty, faith, tears and doubts. All are welcome here. And Richard joins me now to tell us a little more. Richard, good morning and welcome back. Thank you. It's good so, to be back with you. Well, we're really looking forward to your weekend in February. And this is an umbrella that you're putting out for all of those who have been in some way affected by bereavement to come together. What a lovely description. Yeah, and it's a big umbrella, a golf umbrella. 
So there's plenty of room underneath it. I think it's true to say that everyone will experience loss at some stage during their life. But I think it's also true that everyone's response to that loss will be individual and different. So with that in mind, what can you do on a retreat like this? I think what you can do is to share insight. You can share experience. You can share an understanding of how it all feels and what may have worked to help When I was studying theology, I did three theology degrees to train for this work. And I could write down for you on a piece of paper the stages of grief as outlined by various psychologists. When I came to experience it myself, it was not in a neat set of stages. I always used to say, if it was a painting, it was a Jackson Pollock. It was all splatters and messy. So I hope it will share insight and advice to go back to the image of it being a bothy you know on a footpath maybe in the same way that when you're walking along next to somebody and your feet scrunching on the rocks you might share some advice on how to sort out your blisters or how often to take a break or how much food you should take with you that sort of advice rather than outlining a map and say do it like this and it'll all be fine one of the things that was emerging during the worst times of the pandemic was that people who might have lost somebody once a week from a ward were losing three a day. This was happening with NHS staff up and down the country, and they had no time to grieve about it themselves. We're all human beings. We all feel human loss, whether it's someone we know very well or not. And there was a a symptom analogous to what's happening on a battlefield, where you lose people and you carry on with the fight. This was happening with NHS staff up and down the country who were feeling they had no time to stop and think, isn't this awful? So yes, I think if there are people who want to come on this, either who've lost someone themselves or who are thinking, I would like to be in a better position to help those who've lost someone, they would be more than welcome. In your invitation to this retreat, you say, come with honesty, faith, tears and doubts. You also say that it'll include times of prayer. But what about someone whose faith has been rocked to its very foundations by their loss, or someone who doesn't have a belief system, or who just doesn't have a place for prayer in their life? Would they still feel comfortable and welcome? I hope so. That The place where it's taking place, Tide of A, is a very welcoming place. From the second you cross over the threshold, you will know that to be true. So that's the first thing I would say. Also, I hope that people can pick up from hearing me on here that I'm not a dogmatic person. I will lead this as a Christian because that's who I am. But I don't expect everyone to see things the way that I do. I also lead this as a person who has lost his best friend. And so I know how it feels to to hurt with grieving. And if I can do anything on this weekend to help the participants to think about where they're at, why it costs them and how they take the next steps, then I would be delighted to do so. And to me, it matters not the tiniest bit as to whether you have faith or not. If you're a human being, you're welcome. If you'd like to know more, or maybe you're ready to book your place on the retreat that Richard's going to lead here in February, it's very straightforward. Head for the website, retreathouse.im, Richard Littledale's retreat, Not Without Hope, is the first event that you'll see when you click on the What's On tab. And you can message the team at Tide of A at any time using the Contact tab on the website. 
or, if you prefer, you can ring during office hours, Monday to Friday, and have a chat with one of the team. The number is 609299. And Richard does actually now have a companion on his way of grief. And although they're absolutely devoted to each other, she won't actually be joining him here in February. I have a rescue dog called Ginny, but I often say that she rescued me. When Fiona and I moved to our previous location, it was in the countryside. The dream was to have a dog. She got too sick for that to be the case. So then a few months after I lost her, I thought maybe this is something I can still do. So I went to the Dogs Trust to uh, look at a German shepherd who proved to be at the vets that day and instead fell in love with Ginny, who is a greyhound, Saluki Cross, Brindle, uh, full of character, uh, very fast, very amusing and a very good friend. Thank you, Richard Littledale. And once again, those contact details for Tidevay, where Richard is leading the bereavement retreat. You can email welcome at retreathouse.im you can phone 609-299 or take a look at the website retreathouse.im. And now it's time to take a look at our notice board and we start with news from the Mariners Choir who have their first service of this year tonight at half past six in Colby Methodist Church when Mr Nigel Cretney will preach and as usual the service will be followed by supper and community hymn singing with a warm welcome for all. This is the week when prayer for Christian unity is specially encouraged, and so Christchurch in Laxey welcome you to a special service this Wednesday, the 25th, at half past six. It'll be led by Louise Beckett, the pastoral assistant at Christchurch. On to the new hall at Braddon Parish Church, where they are offering a warm space on the first three Thursdays of each month, between 2 and 4 p.m. Pop in for tea and chat, with jigsaws and games available, or bring along your own crafts, maybe knitting or embroidery, and enjoy some company as you work. Next Saturday the 28th, Selby Methodist Church have their annual coffee morning in the Town Hall in Ramsey. Open from 10am to 12 noon for tea, coffee and cakes, and much, much more. And finally, looking ahead to next Sunday the 29th, the All-Ireland Choir Voces in July will be in St George's Church here in Douglas to present an Epiphany to Candlemas carol service. The music will include work by Bach and Mendelssohn and the service in St George's next Sunday evening is at 6 o'clock. And that's all that we have time for now. But I'll be back tonight at nine for sundown. Easy listening music to round off your weekend. And I'd love you to join me if you can. Do please email me if you've got items for the notice board. Judith Lay at manxradio.com. And so, till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening. And I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning. Thank you.